0: This is the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everybody and welcome to your latest Liverpool Blood Red Podcast with me, Christian Walsh. Uh, I'd like to welcome you to the latest Blood Red Podcast in association with Fuzzy Five, the new free-to-play score prediction game from the Pools. You simply have to predict five correct match scores and you could win £25,000. And even if you suffer a near miss and get four match scores correct, there's still up to £2,000 to be won. To play footy five this weekend, visit thepools.com. That's thepools.com. You need to be in the UK and you have to be over 18. That is very, very important. With me today are two people who are also over 18, so they could play this game. It is a tall Paul ghost on the weekend after the Giants have come to Liverpool.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think I've heard that one about three times already, you know, and uh, it doesn't get any funnier. <laughs>
0: Well, you killed my vibe.
1: haven't you? <laughs> Sorry, Christian. It's, it's all they, right. Yeah, they mean to do that. It's been off for a week and I'm come back and I'm just shooting everyone down, aren't I? It's, it's fine. Um, and also, Paul Philbin. how are you, Paul? I'm not bad, Christian. Thank you. In terms of height, are you taller than Paul?
2: I don't know. We've never stood next no. week to each other. probably. We'll, we'll we? do a back to back at the do end. Back
1: to back. Yeah. A couple of big Pauls in the podcast, <laughs>
0: <laughs> like the Undertaker and Kane. <laughs> One for the WWE fans. A little bit of a, um, a little bit of an admission here. Uh, this is actually the second time we're recording this podcast. About the fourth time, to be honest, given how today's gone, but there is actually uh, the lost tapes. I think it will will become to be known where um, Joe Rimmer, uh, Ian Doyle, and James Pearce, our Liverpool correspondent, both home and away, uh, they sat down and spoke about the Man City game, but it was deleted,
1: lost in the annals of time. Um, apparently, James Pearce poured his heart out about his failed career at Southampton as a youngster. I think he could still do a job there. Yeah, big number nine. He
0: he would link up well with Danny Ings.
1: Elbows in. Yeah,
0: yeah, I mean, if anyone you you won't have seen James Pierce play football if you listen to this podcast, and I don't think you really want to, but <laughs> it is it, it's sort of like watching Kenny Dalglish in his pomp.
1: It is, yeah. He, he he rolls his mark and he gets a shot off,
0: but he never passes. No, no, no yeah. chance. Does does not pass. But alas, this is the one that you are with. Um, that one will be unearthed in about twenty five years' time, no doubt, and used as historical evidence against something or other. Um, so here's talk about Manchester City. I think that is the only show in town. Let's face it. Paul, I'll start with you. How big is this game? Is is this the title of the side that people are going on about? Is Liverpool's title dream over if they lose? What's your take on it?
1: No, I don't think you could say anything near the, the sort of after eight games, can you? But it's it's a barometer of where Liverpool are at the moment because obviously they, they started the season in such stunning form. Won the first six, was it? Um, Be Paris Saint-Germain in the Champions League. It was all looking rosy and then they kind of it's a bit of tabulance. Um I think the, the fixture list is kind of Harm them a little bit. It's been a tough run, hasn't it, the last few weeks? And Klopp's been chopping and changing, and and not won in three games, um, no great disasters really throughout the league cup. It's a disappointing one, but people get over that quite quickly. The draw to Chelsea was a good one, all things considered. Daniel Sturridge's last minute won the goal, and then the, the defeat on uh, on Wednesday again. It's you know, were minutes away from getting a creditable draw away in Italy, and that's always a tough place to go in Napoli. So it's. Um, not a t- It's not a- any sort of crisis at the moment. A defeat tomorrow won't be a nail in the coffin or anything like that. But it- I th- just think it's a good kind of test of where the and this couldn't run. Um, I- I'd take a draw, if I'm honest, but it's um, it's going to be an interesting one.
2: You take a draw, Paul. I was speaking to you before. Yeah, 100%. I'm quite worried about tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow, I don't know why, but I've just got this weird feeling that City are going to turn up and do a number on Liverpool really. The record at Anfield's not great, and I think after the two games last season and all the build up that about to be been the title decided, really, just, I don't know. I think it might be because it feels like such a big game so early, in the se- early on in the season that I'm just fearing the worst. and I hope I'm wrong, and I'll hold my hands up if I am wrong, but there's just, there's just something telling me that Manchester City are going to go walk away with the three points. But I think if we come out of it with the draw, looking back over the recent fixes, that is a great, a, a great run. Going out the league cup was disappointing. The defeat to Napoli was disappointing. But in the with the league campaign, you'd have took that when you were looking back six weeks ago with that run.
0: Do you think it's sort of a a byproduct of this run the fact that you're not feeling exactly confident because the games like Chelsea away in the in the league, Chelsea away in the cup, Napoli away they happen over the course of a season, but they get tossed around, yeah. one in September, mm-hmm. a couple in November maybe, but it's all happened in this ridiculous run of, of seven, well, six fixtures, this is the seventh coming up on Sunday. Do you think that's playing into your psyche a little bit?
2: Maybe, and it's happened a few times on the Like We've had that little sticky spell. We had one last season where we drew three or four on the bounce and then we went to Leicester away. That was our only win. And the, the season beforehand, just after Christmas, where things went wrong and I'm just... Maybe that's what I'm thinking about, that it's happened with Liverpool over the last few years, that once we get in a bit of a sticky situation, it's tough for us to get out of it. But we don't know, it could be a great learning curve for Liverpool in the last 10 days or whatnot, could be the thing that like, the side need to um, spare them off for the rest of the season.
0: Well, everybody's saying this is a different Liverpool now, well not everybody, but a lot of people are observing that about this Liverpool team. Will this be the litmus test then, Paul?
1: Definitely, yeah. I think um, Paul touched on it there about City's record at Anfield. They haven't won since 2003. After, the... but you think of, of when City got bought out, you can kind of discard five years of that because they're a completely different team. Once they got bought out, when they became, you know, a financial superpower overnight.
0: Torres was doing, Richard done all ends up. I mean, that's not y- the Man City yeah. now, is he?
1: Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, so I think you look at that City team when they won, and you know, you could probably remember two or three of the players and Nicholas and Alcos, obviously the. The main one for that, but um, I think it's become a, a psychological thing. City's end, particularly over, over the last well, last season. Um, let's be honest, Liverpool are City's bogey team, aren't they? they? They strolled to the title last season with 100 points. and Do you think they only lost to Liverpool and United? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. And Liverpool beat them, was it three times last season? I, I, I really do think that can't be overstated. City's end, I, I think Guardiola knows it. He kind of touched on it yesterday in his, in his press conference. And he said, "Okay, Liverpool beating us, fair enough, but we won the league. And, you know, he he wasn't wrong to state that, but certainly Klopp, more than any other manager, has has got under his skin. And I think that kind of could play a part tomorrow. And, you know, hopefully it's Liverpool's benefits it will, because Liverpool do have that kind of almost, uh, what is it, the Indian sign over them. And, you know, long may that continue.
0: Is it Liverpool over City or is it Klopp over Guardiola?
1: It's it's difficult, isn't it? Because you look at Klopp, Guardiola, and that's Dortmund, Bayern Munich for, for half of of the run. Whereas Klopp's run seven, seven times against Guardiola. I mean, both managers have kind of got their way of playing, so they they've transferred that style of play from Bayern Munich to City, from Dortmund to Liverpool. So it's a similar style of play, but it's you know two completely different teams, isn't it? Different personnel, but certainly over the last year or so, Liverpool have have got the got the measure of them. Obviously, the the five 0 at the Etihad, uh extenuating circumstances with Mane sending off early on, Liverpool kind of waved the white flag that day, particularly in the second half. But um, the the three games, you know, the the two games at Anfield, the two in the Champions League, Liverpool now out to, out to beat City, um, and it kind of does. They need to be on that, on you know, you know, with he played the, the high octane and, and the the pressure from the front. We haven't really seen that much this season, and I think you made a point I'm on the podcast earlier this week where you said that um, there might be a concerted effort by Klopp to try and save legs for later on the season. But I think if Liverpool are going to get a result tomorrow, then you need to kind of bring that back and, and start implementing that as soon as they can.
0: Is the fact that Liverpool have done this to Manchester City a couple of times last season, do you think that's a help or a hindrance? Because surely the blueprint is there for Jurgen Klopp, but at the same time, as Paul's just alluded to, Liverpool haven't really produced many performances of that ilk. I'd only really say the Paris Saint Germain game was the one which looked like a true version of the Liverpool of last season.
2: Yeah, I don't think it has much of a say on the game because, at the end of the day, whoever they sound, it's quite cliche, but whoever turns up wins that game tomorrow. No, if City plays 70% and Liverpool at 90 Liverpool will win the game. It's simple as that. Um, it feels like the only saving grace in my eyes is that Liverpool are going to click eventually and it's felt for a few games that they're going to give somebody a hide and I, I can't say it coming tomorrow but maybe maybe it could. the crowd up and whatnot and the front three, three clicking, fingers crossed but I don't think that the games last season have any importance on what happens tomorrow. It's, a, it's different because... The, the Champions League games, especially, were two games. It was it was knock-out competition, whereas this is just a battle in a long war with, what, 29, 30 games left. So, you'll see. I think I, I think both sides would be happy with the point, really.
0: Would you be happy with the point, Paul? Or do you think it's, it is something about laying down a marker?
1: I'd be happy with the point. Um, but when, you, when you're when you at home and you think of Liverpool, serious about winning the Premier League, these are the games that you look back on. I think that, that was where it was won you know, just these maybe half a dozen or so huge results across the course of a season, this could be one of them. But if you're asking me now, I'd, I'd take a draw. It's a draw. A draw doesn't harm the pool They'll go into the, the international break, freshen things up a little bit, and um, think that they got through a, a really tough run of fixtures quite well, really. Um, so I, I'd take a draw personally.
2: In, in recent seasons, well, the last two especially, there's been a big game around this, this time of the season, I think, of... City going to Chelsea last season, and the Bruyne scored. Bruyne, but
0: they played them off the park as well, didn't they? It was just the real performance yeah. of champions.
2: And the season before, Chelsea went to the Etihad and Hazard yeah. ripped them apart. So, and it come around this stage of the season, it's got that feeling again already. Whoever wins this is going to maybe go on and win the title. It's strange how it falls around the same time every every year.
0: It feels like an article there, and I'm and I'm struggling today, so I
2: might I might have yeah.
0: that one up my sleeve. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> it, I, the way I see it uh, for what it's worth is that you know Liverpool are this is Manchester City's hardest game if if you go and draw everybody's fixtures for the season and you say okay what are Manchester City's hardest games 1-38 this is number one um, with a bullet and I just feel like if Liverpool are to win the Premier League this season Manchester City need to not take points at the very least or certainly lose I'd say 7 of the top 10 I think obviously they'll drop (coughs) points elsewhere you probably wouldn't have had Wolves away there as, a, as one of the top 10. Um, although, you know, the way the season's panned out at the minute, maybe it was. It's certainly looking like it was a, a decent point. But I think if Manchester City are to not win this Premier League, and I think that's how you've got to look at it at the moment, is Manchester City not to win it, as, as sort of the thesis as that is. Because when a team gets 100 points, that that is, yeah. the, that is the bare reality of it. For Manchester City not to win this, this Premier League, I, I feel like six or seven games of that, those hardest ten, he needs to be dropping points in some form or another. That's why I think it's absolutely essential Liverpool don't lose certainly, and you know if they can actually you know win and get take the three points. So we look at them coming out of the let's say they do take the victory, that seven game stretch in twenty two days. <coughs> I mean, if Liverpool do come out of this relatively unscathed, that really does send a signal to the rest of the league, doesn't it? Because you think about how they started last season ghosty and compared to this it's it, it is it's a nice and day
1: Oh, 100% I think looking at it, went to Tottenham and won Chelsea got, got a creditable draw and if they win tomorrow then they're three huge results in in the course of the Premier League season and if they win tomorrow let's not forget they'll go two points clear heading into the international break two weeks down the line they'll be resuming action and um, be tough when it all kicks off uh, so I think that could be a big uh, big psychological point as well to just kind of knock City out to stride tomorrow and then they'll have two weeks of stewing over it whilst the pool will be sitting pretty and uh, all will be rosy again so it's it's a massive game and it's, um, it's I mean it's, it is early to say but you'd struggle to find a, a, a bigger fixture for the rest of the season really um, unless you're talking really like business end of the season where they neck and neck and you know, that's when you're getting into that, but so far it's uh, certainly the biggest game of Liverpool season and a um, win would be massive really would, but saying that maybe I'm just uh, pessimistic and happy to take a draw at this point
0: You said before, Philbo, about the front three with Liverpool do they need to perform to their optimum for Liverpool to win this game or can they have another off day, I'll put that you know, inverted commas off day, not necessarily at the Hatrick you know, best but Still manage to get the three points. Is is a goal? Say, is a one nil from a Van Dijk header a possibility, or do Liverpool need those from three to be functioning?
2: I think I think they need and two or three. Two of the three have to play well for Liverpool to win. I think if one of them has an off game, then that it'll be fine. You'd imagine. But a few weeks ago, I was having a chat with my brother. Um, Looking at games when Liverpool have scored in the league, and that the front one of the front three hasn't scored, and I think that it was after Chelsea. It was the first time since oh, it was well over a year, mm. and it was that, like that is a worrying stat. So I am um, and yeah, I, I do believe that one of the front, well, two of the front three have to perform. I can't see a repeat of New Year's Eve a few years ago when Wijnaldum one nil. It just doesn't feel like that. Maybe, hopefully, Salad is one of those that comes out, like, flying. He proves a point that people are starting to... I don't know why people are starting to doubt him, but there is a little bit of a murmur, and he just needs to put that to bed.
0: Well, the, the doubt, I think, is because, I mean, let's face it, 44 goals last season. I don't know who, if anybody, thought that he would be able to replicate that. But it's just impossible, isn't it? It's... it's it, 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 you've got Lionel Messi and you've got Cristiano Ronaldo but I'd even say their circumstances are different number one they're older than uh, Mo Salah number two they're in a a different setup in a different league and number three ultimately they are the two best players and, and comfortably so certainly in an attacking sense A you know they are one A and one B for me of a generation so to while Salah was on that level last season, you know, he, he to, in order to be on that level for the rest of his career, he has to sustain it. I don't, I, I don't think anybody expected him to match it, let alone better at this season.
1: Now, if you look at those two, was it 10 Malandors doors between them? Um, many people make the argument for Messi being the, the best ever. I made an argument to Ian Doyle a few weeks back saying Ronaldo's the best European player of all time. So those two just street ahead of everyone else and he had been for the best part of a decade haven't he so for Salah to basically see them as peers is just a testament to how well he's done since he's come to Liverpool 40, Okay, he scored 44 goals last season if he gets 30 this season that's still an incredible season and it's still 14 off what he, what he scored last season so I'm not overly concerned with Salah the, the problem is is just the standards he's set for himself and the way it kind of just did the reactionary world now and the kind of you know when he's good as your last 10 minutes on social media and stuff is that's why he's kind of getting questioned I'm not concerned long term because he's only a goal behind what he got last season and I think uh, kind of from October time I think he scored 17 and 17 so if he went on a similar run you know up until Christmas then he's not going to be far behind what he was on this time last season so I'm. I'm not too worried. Yeah, he's he's been a little bit off the pace, and that there's a number of contributing factors for that, and we can debate that all day long. But long term, he'll find the stride again. Uh, I'm convinced of it, and you know it could even be tomorrow, couldn't it? The crowd are going to be electric. It's a huge game. Um, it's all kind of set for for maybe Mo Salah to to make his mark. If
0: Mo Salah doesn't make his mark. I think another thing about Salah, the front three in general for me, no money if they're not producing at the moment, the midfield isn't really offering much in mm. terms of goals, assists, creativity. It's a very functional three at the moment, especially now Nabi Keta has seemingly dropped out again a little bit. He's having that acclimatisation that Fabinho's been having from the start of the campaign. You've got that three, which did get Liverpool to a Champions League final, let's be fair, even though the makeup of it's a little bit different. You've got Wijnaldum a little bit deeper than, than Henderson now. Um... Obviously, they can interchange, but you know the, those two sorts of. Ryan alden has been used to playing a little bit deeper. Mm. Um, Henderson's been, you know, can go a little bit further forward if he wants to. But ultimately, you're looking at last season, and you're looking at how you take away the front three and the three goals top goal scorers after that were Emre Chan, Philip Coutinho, and um, Trent was it? Uh, Trent, and Stur- Trent and Sturridge mm. were, 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 were uh, on free as well together. Oh, Chamberlain, sorry. So there we go two players who have now the and one who won't be here for, for a, a, you know, a fair while of the season. This is the sort of game where they have to step up, isn't it? Because, you know, the past four league wins Liverpool have had in the last four games, opening goal scorers, Oxley chamberlain Gini Wijnaldum, Adam Lallana and Jordan Henderson. Don't know why that's a start. I don't know why it's a trend. But it is, <clears throat> at the time, it was the, that midfielder who was pushing on, making those runs, this might be a, I don't know if it's a tactical thing, I don't, but it's just an interesting thing and basically Liverpool need that again, don't you, Philbo?
2: Well, definitely. And what you've just been saying about the midfield three then, apart from Wijnaldum's header at Tottenham, I'm trying to think when one of those three had the shot from outside the box. Mm. I, I know Wijnaldum's header was inside the box, but it just feels like you don't have a shot.
0: Um, is very much set-pieces, isn't he? he yeah. Well, he yeah, yeah. Dead
2: I, I the other the nice Henderson found himself in the in a great position just outside outside the box and he should have had a shot. He tried to play it out wide to I think it was Marnie, but <laughs> our midfielders should really be shooting on sight when especially when they're what twenty five yards out because you saw last season Edison is definitely beatable especially from um, long range because. There was a fair few of the goals from long range last season, wasn't there? Or just on the
1: edge of the box. I Chamberlain, wasn't it? she well, two. Mane and Salah from about 45 yards. Mane,
2: yeah. I, hopefully, that is something that has been drilled into the midfield because they really don't shoot. I honestly cannot remember them having a shot from outside the box.
1: I think that midfield's kind of set up to extract the most from the front three. So, yeah. they're in there to provide the energy to press high. Uh, win the ball back and basically just get it forward as quickly as they can and, and just let the front three cause the havoc.
0: But Liverpool need the front three to be on the top. Yeah, eight. yeah.
1: So when 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 the front three are on firing the the focus is very much on what are these contributing in terms of goals and assists and, and that's that's the worry, isn't it? I wouldn't particularly say Gini Warren Aldamassad he, he what did he get ten for Newcastle in, in like a number ten role um and he, he scored half a dozen I think in his first season. Um Milner's obviously uh on penalty duties that's where it has come from. And Henderson doesn't get many. So you are looking at a lack of goalscoring threats really, aren't you, from midfield? Hopefully Nabi Keita can can look at that long term, but it it is a worry for Klopp, and it, it's it's certainly an issue with the front three arm firing.
0: You mentioned Keita there, I mean he was in training yesterday with a with a you know a one on one coach. So yeah. I mean he'd probably be on the bench if if anything at best for Liverpool on Sunday. But is he the sort of player who you know? Liverpool really do need to step up if the front three aren't working, and, or, or well, just in general though, because ultimately you can never have enough goal threats. And and you know, Liverpool have lost over the past six to twelve months. Philip Coutinho, Emre Chan, who did grab a few goals from from running from deep. They've lost Oxley Chamberlain for a while, who was certainly finding this goal scoring groove in the second yeah. part of the campaign. And as as you said, I, 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 it was I think it was Trent with three goals. I think Sturridge also had three. Alana, as, as well, he, he's another, Lallana's he's just, another one who, you know, who did. He did, you know, they haven't had Loana for quite a while now, certainly at the full speed that he could be mm-hmm. at. He he notched the fair few in Klopp's first full season as well. So, yeah, it's his case of the man to, to take on that mantle.
1: Yeah, you've, you've got to give him time though, haven't you? Everyone needs time to kind of settle in and adjust. And he's shown flashes of, of what he'll bring. He'll He'll kind of knit the attack and midfield together won't he by carrying it. He, he's a dribbler. He can carry it 20, 15, 20 yards, no problem. And we've seen that against West Ham. We only in the, the day when he just turned from the centre circle, laid it into Robertson, who put it in for Salad, and it was 1-0. But it'll take time for, for him to, to get up to full speed, and and it's a bit unfair to, to ask him to basically turn it on in heartbeats, but hopefully long-term he will be the one who, who kind of does that because we're crying out for it, aren't we, really, just to see the pool kind of basically you know that that attacking midfield role that Philip Coutinho what well, he scored was it a dozen before he, he left for Barcelona we need Liverpool need someone to kind of basically take on that responsibility of, of being the fourth man to, to get on the score sheets essentially and they might have that in Shaqiri or Sturridge but
0: ultimately mm. they're going to spend a fair portion of the season you know, on the bench yeah. looking at the midfield then Bilbo I mean is this a game for Fabinho
2: I don't think it is, no. Um, I can see the arguments of just like putting him in the middle and keeping an eye on David Silver or somebody who's yeah. in the hole for Manchester City. But no, I, I, I'd i go with the, the midfield thing that has had a number over over City the, the last few times. Um, and we were having this argument coming back from Chelsea last week. You were saying that... Um, I'd just say they they'd have catered in over Henderson, but for me, I will go with the three that dominated the midfield and Anfield in those two games last year, se- um, last season, and played quite well at, at the Etihad as well. Yeah, I was mean he the, rode the, the yeah, storms, didn't they,
0: yeah. in the first twenty? But um,
2: after that, they were, they were great. Like, so I just I will go with as close as possible to what we can with in those three games last season because. They understand how Man City play, and they know how to play against them.
0: I mean, I think that was the game, wasn't it? Where was it? Wijnaldum. It was Wijnaldum's first real test at that number six role. Mm. So, I think you're right. It would be a big call, wouldn't it, to take him out of that after performing so well at yeah. the Etihad in that number six role for the for the first time. I think he maybe played it against Everton that, yeah. the week before because mm. Henderson was suspended. I think what it also says that you're talking about the midfield, what a, what a miss Oxley Chamberlain will be. It was it bizarrely brought up in the press conference, which is yeah, was, a very yeah. strange question. But it does feel like in, nobody was missing Oxley Chamberlain, you know, August and start of September. But it's these sorts of games where you need that maybe that little bit of energy, isn't it, to, to drive forward and, and make the difference?
1: Well, it's that drive, isn't it? It's so unfortunate for Oxley Chamberlain because I actually thought he was probably in the form of his career when he got injured against Roma. Uh, finally playing in the position that he, he craved for years from Southampton through to Arsenal, through to Liverpool and and he was making an impact in in big games and such a shame to not only see him injured for for the initial spell but then to hear that it had been grossly underplayed and it's gone from being, we initially heard November didn't mean and then the club revealed that it's going to be a lot longer and it's unlikely that we'll even see in this season so it's a real shame to lose a... 35 million pound attacking midfielder and he was in great form. But Liverpool have got to find solutions to that, and you know that 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 that's a big problem for Klopp at the moment. He's kind of lacking that creativity in in midfield, and and we've all touched on it at various points. And uh, the big question is how does he kind of compensate for that? Jaden Sancho could be could be one, but I don't think Klopp would uh, give him a run in in that role against a team as good as City because they could easily just play around them and leave leave two outnumbered there, yeah. The Blood Red
0: Podcast, brought to you by thirty five Play today at thepools.com. Talking about Liverpool's midfield, I think before Pep Guardiola's press conference, I think the midfield for City would have been something that we all would have pointed towards because looking at the injuries and the way it's all lining up, I think it would be probably Fernandinho and then two silvers in those number eight positions, mm-hmm. which to me against Liverpool... Looks quite lightweight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll move on to De Bruyne first. Uh, sorry, after this, but let's say that is the the three. That is certainly a midfield that can get out-pressed, outrun, and and not necessarily outplayed because muscled It feels like that is a good midfield for Liverpool to come up against at Anfield.
2: Definitely, and you can like with the front three you could easily adapt to that because uh, with our front three, if that is the case, and it well it would be Fener and on his own. Just drop Firmino slightly and just let let him <laughs> run f- uh, Fernandinho all over the park and bring Mane and Salah in a bit tighter and that could work massively in Liverpool's favour. I didn't even actually realise that that could be their midfield going into the game tomorrow. The where G-
0: Gundogan's he, touch and go and yeah. he, he's the sort of player that you think he would like in this sort of fixture. I mean, he played them in, on the right midfield in the four three, but yeah, it, I think it will probably be Silver and Silver.
2: Wow, yeah. yeah, it's open, yeah. isn't it? It's, no, it's, it's an open. D- d- you know, it's, a, it's,
0: it's not. It's not the ideal. One. I mean, he could bring John Stones in as another hole yeah. in the field. You don't. You don't know what Guardiola will, will do. But I think mean, it shows you how much clops in Guardiola's head because oh, yeah. the past couple of occasions they've, they've, they've travelled to Anfield, Guardiola's like ripped up his playbook mm-hmm. and gone for something. He played Laporte as a as a left back. I know that was slightly out of out of necessity um, in the Champions League. Salah absolutely tore him to shreds. He, he could have to do that again. We might have well. to do that again. I mean, Mendy's touch and go, but that 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 would be an interesting one because Laporte only played there twice, and the first time was you know against Liverpool, and you know, I'm surprised he played there again. Um, and then you've also got the the four three where he played Gundogan you know wide right. He went four four two, which I think against Liverpool is is a massive mistake as well. So. I think it just shows you how much Klopp can be in Guardiola's head.
1: Well, I think, he sorry to interrupt there, but I think Guardiola kind of proved that to the world, didn't he, in, in the All or Nothing uh, documentary? When,
0: when he's in Goodlison Park. He's in Gildeson Gildeson Park. Park.
1: Well, he must have just looked, looked through the window and saw Anfield. Saw <laughs> so the big stand. The, yeah. That, yeah. that yeah. big stand, That <laughs> yeah. yeah. big stand, just, just <laughs> lurching over everyone. and It was really interesting just to, to see that on camera and just, just uh, such a vaunted manager, you know, world-class elite coach, not even thinking about the game he's playing and thinking about the the next one he's playing and and, and admitting to his coaches that he's worried about Liverpool's front three. Um, that, that's what I'm saying about Liverpool kind of having the the hoodoo over City and, and the psychological thing. And I I don't think that that can kind of be overstated for tomorrow's game. De Bruyne coming back
0: would be massive for them though. I mean mm. I I'd be surprised personally if certainly if he started. Yeah. I Might make it on the bench. I I don't know. I'm just say You know I'm looking at the fact that he's coming back from what seems a quasi serious knee injury and to to rushing back the game before an international break, albeit probably their hardest game of the season would be a risk, but I mean what a player he is. He
2: was brilliant in that four three last last season at Anfield wasn't he. That I think um, there was a twenty minute spell in this in the, the start of the second half where uh what was it the end of the end of the first half where he absolutely ran the game and if he if he was to come back in that would be a massive boost for City but I I'd be amazed if he starts because it's it's, he just won't have that match sharpness he, so yeah I, I'm a bit worried about even if he comes it's on for 20 minutes it's, it's one
0: of those everybody thinks that Liverpool have got Manchester City
2: and even the best players out and all of a sudden yeah. Guardiola just drops it and goes oh yeah he's training yeah. even if he comes on for 20 minutes near the end and they say on the game you worry Yeah. he's such a good player it's a very
0: Gerard, he's a Gerard player in that sense isn't he where even at half it coming off the bench at 1-0 with 20 to go if you're the opposition, you go. Well, hold on a minute. That's 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 not good.
1: Yeah, he's uh, he's one of my favourites. Um, Seems a nice guy. He does actually. Yeah, to be fair, nice, he's a nice Liverpool fan grown up wasn't he? Nice. Liverpool fan growing up. Fan growing yeah, up. Big, big Michael Owen fan. Um, hopefully, he's uh, he's sitting in the stands because, as as Philbo mentions, even if he's 15, 20 minutes in him, he, he can turn a game with you know just, just one cross or just a little through ball or, or a, a shot. He's he's got everything. Um, I'm just glad that he's not going to be 100% if he does play.
0: Now, the only thing I've got in common, really, with Pep Guardiola is our need for the hair transplant. <laughs> but if I was Pep Guardiola, and the Manchester City fans are very happy that I'm not, I'd be starting Mares over Sterling. Now, even though yeah. Sterling's yeah. been far better um, than Mares this season, even though I think Sterling's been in fantastic form, is it going to be a case of every single time Raheem Sterling comes to Anfield... Liverpool fans should worry, and this will be the this will be the game where he finally does something, or are we going to be in this perpetual situation where Sterling, everybody worries about Stalen doing something, but ultimately he goes home and he's done absolutely nothing.
1: You you'd think, wouldn't you, sooner or later that the pattern's going to change, but it's sh- shown absolutely no signs of it. Every time he comes up against Liverpool, it doesn't really matter who the left back is; he just has a, a ton of afternoon. Flanagan,
0: eh, not Flanagan, sorry, Robertson, yeah. Moreno. Mill
1: but, but Flanagan, it, you know, first two minutes, wasn't it? it was just it was just Flanagan, after the league yeah. cup yeah. He'd yeah. given the old Sunday league into these and kicked them into the into the crowd and then he barely got a kick after it. It's um but the the talent of the player would kinda make you think that sooner or later it would change and it is gonna change. Um I just really hope it on Sunday. But yeah, I do think that is there is value in what you're saying about starting Mara's uh, yeah, Sterling if if he were Pep Guardiola. Um but I, I think I think if he does play on the right, Robertson's got, got that aggression about him as he needs to kinda of get into him early. And he's he's kind of um he's quite clever, Robertson. He'll know that and, and he'll he'll probably do that if Sterling does start. And it's just about how Sterling responds to it because he's gonna be in for terrible abuse from the from the stands, isn't he? Let's face it. The poor fans will probably never forget the way he left in in those terms in two thousand and fifteen. Threatening to to knock it on the plane, didn't he, at one point when they were checking out to the far east and Have he got on the plane? Have yeah. I was covering that, all, I do he actually ends up going on. It was just a sour end, wasn't it, to, to his Liverpool career. And Liverpool weren't anywhere near the threat for Manchester City at the time. And to get fifty million for him, it was good value then. You kind of think he, he might be worth a little bit more now with the amount of goals he's adding to his game. But yeah, um it's just it's, it's a curious one. He, he doesn't just doesn't enjoy coming back to Anfield.
0: Are you going to enjoy going? Well, you're not going no, to. I'm like not going is, <laughs> But um, you know, do you think come seven o'clock, is there any pass here, Paul? I think you will have enjoyed watching Liverpool against Manchester City. Have <sighs> we? Have we uh, managed to persuade you or that? There's, there's, there's d- d- if of you,
2: of if you, the the midfield, what you've uh, suggested, give me a bit of hope. But um, Milner will be big, won't he? Oh yeah, definitely. Milner. Will be, I, I honestly think Henderson will be big because the last few games yeah, he hasn't uh, he hasn't been great but um, if Henderson in that midfield like plays like he did last year uh, treated how they treated that European tie and I think Liverpool will be fine I, I really do um, but yeah, I, I'm yeah I'm worried I'm really worried I don't know why I but... think
1: it'll be a similar atmosphere to, to that game
2: yeah, ha- that that extra half an hour could be massive. By the way, half four instead of four o'clock. It's an extra pint. It is.
0: Bit bit darker in the last e- half hour. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It that makes, feels more like a night game, doesn't it? Yeah. You know that that you know you do that a little bit louder. You you sort of get on the back a little bit. Anfield just comes alive a little bit more, doesn't it? So.
2: If yeah, if Liverpool if Liverpool walk away with the three points, I was looking at City's fixtures before. The next day they've got to play, um, the other. Four of the big six. I and think then. the next away games at Tottenham. Tottenham and yeah, they've got, yeah, they've got Tottenham, Chelsea, United. They've got to go to West Ham and a few other games. So if Liverpool come away with three points, then you'd take that. Because even though City are great, you look at them, they're not going to win every game. Well, I'd be amazed, if they did, to be honest.
0: And the last thing for you, Paul, is the idea that Liverpool don't have two stinking performances on the balance. So I know what Vilbo was saying in terms of. You know, to get into these little sequences where but it's not going to be another Napoli performance. Surely the clock doesn't do that.
1: No, you wouldn't have thought so, particularly with it being at Anfield, such a such a huge atmosphere and a big game.
0: Cliche, but is it is that a wake up call? Is that is that sort of a, a little splash of water through the face to to get them ready for this game?
1: Yeah, I think it is. Unintentional, yeah. um, Liverpool haven't haven't hit the the the, uh, the standards of last season, particularly in the in the final third of the season. Um, but they haven't needed to be so far, and, and they they've got the same amount of points as Manchester City heading into to mid-October, and it, it's them v City to basically go into into the international break, top of the league. And I think it'll be a, a great atmosphere, and a, I, I, I do kind of expect the pool to show up. But the the issue is the team that they're playing are you know the best team in the league, so it's going to be a great game, and it's going to be a fascinating one, like it always is between. Two uh two iconic managers and really looking forward to it. Uh just hope that I'm wrong about it being a draw and the people can snatch the win and, and go into the international break on top.
0: Right, so you say a draw, we'll go predictions, both team and results. Uh what team well what team would you go with? I think more than what team do you think you'll go with? Right,
1: uh back five, unchanged. Uh, Alisson, Trent, Van Dyke, Gomez, Robertson, midfield three, Milner, Myrnandum Henderson. And the front three picks itself, doesn't
2: it? Yeah, I'll go with what you'd expect. I, I yeah. think, I think that's
0: yeah. okay. And then predictions:
1: two-two draw,
0: 3-1 two, City.
2: Two. <sighs> but so j- but Jay-
0: James Pierce sprint, is yeah. just uh, just yeah. spun round in his in his home and
2: just <laughs> just felt a draft, because that's that's the most uh, like prediction. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm I'm worried, but I I hope um I'm, I do hope I'm wrong and let me hair uh, still growing come yeah. uh, Sunday evening. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You
1: should mention that. Yeah, <laughs> we definitely
0: should mention that. That um. Our dear friend here has decided not to cut us in until Liverpool lose a league game. Uh, it's currently played seven, uh, lost zero. Yeah. Um this is one of your best chances of actually getting that wig chopped, isn't it?
2: Yeah, well, it is. Yeah, you you're don't the barbers on Monday morning. <laughs> <laughs> you look at the fixtures coming up after this. Then you? you can't see Liverpool losing many. I
0: don't. If they get past the Arsenal unbeaten, you're you're in you're
2: in big trouble. Yeah, well, yeah, trouble. yeah. yeah.
0: You're, be... you're wearing a ponytail for Christmas.
2: One hundred percent. Like Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. I don't know why I've done it but I just, I've become really superstitious over football like over the over the past couple of years when we when Liverpool have gone close in things and this year that's a superstition the I've um, went with.
0: Well, when you see Jesus Christ in, um, <laughs> <laughs> at Anfield in the title celebrations in May, you'll know why. That, yeah, it's
2: me.
1: do you mention that about superstitions. It kind of just needs to get this in. When Liverpool was, uh, almost won the league in 2014, as it's known, trademark. Yeah. almost mm. uh, won the league in with 2014. about eight games to go. my mate said to his, uh, his then girlfriend that Liverpool in the league, I'll propose. So as <laughs> as they were winning each game, and each game, he was he was sweating. He was. When Norwich when he beat Norwich on Easter Sunday, he was ecstatic and then it kinda dawned on him that he might actually have to start looking for rings and stuff at, at this point. <laughs> so it was kind of bittersweet when he didn't win. He stuck onto that on field pitch and put a bit of geese <laughs> on that sense of <laughs> not <isn't> he? Yeah, <laughs> he, he, he waterlogged it in there against Chelsea. Oh we can laugh about it now, can we? Yeah. Yeah, we <laughs> yeah, can yeah. Though, yeah. <laughs> it it, it, was, it was a load of fun, wasn't it? It, it was, was a great ride. And that's what it's, it's about.
0: And it could be a, a lot of fun this season, especially yeah. if Liverpool win, because it really will. does feel like it could kickstart something very, very special. Uh, let's hope that it happens. Thank you very much for joining us for this edition of the Blood Red podcast. I'll go ahead and say it. It probably wasn't as good as the one that got lost. But <laughs> hey, you know, we tried, didn't we? You can all blame Ian Kroll. Um, <laughs> I, hopefully he listens to that. That's Evertonian Ian Kroll, our sound engineer. Um, and I mean sound engineer, not that he is a sound engineer. Um, and also just a, r- a reminder that, you know, this one, the, pras- the past one, the lost one, whichever one that you'll listen to, please go review all of our podcasts, subscribe, listen, tell your mates. We love what you uh, what you say to us. We, we like all the feedback. So please, whatever podcast app that you use, whether iTunes, Android, whatever, rate, subscribe, give us a nice little comment. We'll be back Next week, Monday. Monday, we'll be back on Monday. Hopefully it'll record first time of Asking. <laughs> uh, and hopefully we'll be recording about a Liverpool victory, certainly not of defeat. We'll take a draw. This is the Blood Red podcast. Uh, we'll see you next week. Take care.
1: You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.